is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. Did you hear that? The prayer of the upright, the prayer of the righteous is God's delight. God gets excited when you and I decide to talk to him. You didn't hear me. God gets excited. We get his attention when we set our heart to talk to him. And he says, it's my delight. I get amped to answer and respond when you talk to me. It's my delight. That's what God says. That's in Proverbs chapter 15. Go, if you would, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. God wants to answer your prayer and for you to receive them. In Matthew chapter number 7, and we're going to look at verse number 7. Matthew 7 and verse number 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. In one scripture, God has already established three times. If you do these three things, he established three times. If you will ask, if you will seek, if you will knock. If you will ask, if you will seek, if you will knock. Then look at the next verse, verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives. Now, let's just be real frank right now. Any of you have ever asked God for something in prayer and you didn't receive it? That should be every hand. If, if you got a relationship with God and you got a prayer life, you probably have prayed prayers that you have asked God for and you may not have yet to receive them. So notice, notice, he says, for everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. It's very possible that some people don't ask, it's very possible that some people don't seek, and it's very possible that some people don't knock, and that's why they don't get prayers answered. It's very possible. I said it's very possible. So that is something that we have to be mindful of. Again, we establish in the fact, the foundational fact, that God wants to answer our prayers and he wants us to receive them. Go, if you would, to Mark 11. To Mark 11. I'm just taking you through a journey in the scriptures, in the word, so that you can see that this is in the word of God. It's based on the word. It's based on the word. Because when I get into the strategy. When I start talking about the strategies, you should have this foundation settled for you. Wait a second. God wants to answer me. And he wants me to receive what it is I'm asking for. So I want that to be settled. Mark 11, verse number 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, whatever things you ask when you pray, when you pray, you have to release your faith. When you pray, that's when you release your faith to believe that you're going Some of us, we want to wait around until it comes to pass. Oh, I believe it. But I'm telling you, you got to settle this, that God wants to answer you. And he wants you to receive the prayers that you are praying. Oh, I can't wait to help you with the strategy because I could just see some of it written on your forehead. You got all these things you want to ask God for and ask God about. And some of it he ain't going to respond to. But I'm going to set you up, though. I'm going to set you up so that everything you pray for, he responds to. That's the setup for today. Go to John 14. John 14. John 14. 
Pastor, how can you be so confident that that God is going to respond to it? Well, it's based on his word. And if he's lying in his word, he's a liar. And if he's a liar, he can't be our God. And if he can't be our God, then all this we're doing is false. And he said he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should ever have to repent. So then I think I can have total confidence on what it is that he's presenting in his word that I can base my life on it. So glad y'all excited. John 14, are you there? Beginning with verse number 13. And whatever you ask in my name, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You might want to put a little bracket around that the Father may be glorified. (laughs) When God answers our prayers, it's so that he can be glorified. See, when we are praying for things and it's not going to bring him glory, it's just going to bring you glory. He's not responsible to have to answer that. He's only responsible to answer the things that's going to bring him glory. Now, how many of you know there are some things that you can ask for personally that brings the Father glory? All right? So... So I just want you to see this in Scripture. Look at the next chapter, verse chapter number 15. Chapter number 15. Verse number 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Very important. Again, God wants to answer our prayers and he wants us to receive what we pray for. So this is very important now. Watch this. Because you're seeing some things shift. Jesus first says, whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, you cannot go and ask in any other name other than the name of Jesus. And if you're not asking in Jesus' name, God is not responsible to respond. So we have to ask in his name. Now watch this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. This something shifts here because now he brings something a little more intimate with us. And he says, you have to be in this relationship with me. You have to be in this place where you abide with me. Watch this. He says, you have to be in my word. You have to be in my word. You can be in relationship, but not in my word, and you'll miss it in prayer. But if you will stay in relationship with me and stay in relationship with the word, oh, whatever you ask in my name, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Jump down, if you would, to verse 16. Just for context, we'll start with the first part of that verse. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now watch the shift in the latter part of that. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Maybe you are talking to the Father in prayer. But you're not talking to the Father in the name of Jesus. Oh, we get that. Let me just go ahead and let you know. That's key number one to your answers in prayer. In the name of Jesus. That's going to be key number one. In the name of Jesus. Then look finally in John 16. John 16. I got the foundation almost set. We almost there. John 16. And we're going to look at verse number 23. John 16 and 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. (laughs) 
and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So the Lord Jesus is letting you and I know, don't come to him asking him for anything. Talk to the Father. But when you talk to the Father, talk to the Father in his name. Jesus, I want you to do this for me. Talk to the Father. Talk to the Father. Father, I need you to do this for me in the name of Jesus. Now the Father wants to glorify himself. Because he has you in alignment with him. Are you ready for the strategy? You ready for this strategy? These are, these are just some, I believe, some conditions to our prayers being answered. I believe about seven conditions to get our prayers answered. The first condition is in the name of Jesus. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus. When you acknowledge, when you are acknowledging that uh, we wouldn't have access to God if it was not for Jesus. You and I would not have a right to the Father if it was not for Jesus. So when we go to the Father, we go to the Father in Jesus' name. Lord, please help me to get this across. You don't have to go to the Father in the name of another father. You don't have to go to the Father in the name of a priest or a pastor. You go to the Father in the name of Jesus because it is by Jesus only that you and I have gotten access to the Father. There is no other way to the Father except through the Son. Are you hearing me? So we go to the Father in the name of Jesus because we're acknowledging that we wouldn't even have access to God without him. Go, if you would, to Romans 8. Romans chapter number 8. In Romans chapter number 8, in, in verse number 32, Romans 8 and 32 he who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God wants to give us all things, but he only will give us all things if it's in conjunction with his son. So we have to ask in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? Everything is with him. Everything is with Jesus. Look at a very familiar passage of scripture over in Philippians. Philippians chapter number four. Very familiar with your passages of scripture. I am desiring that your prayer life gets to a little deeper place, a little more intimate place where you know when you go before the Father in prayer, you go with such confidence that you already know. I already know I'm about to see the results of this prayer. I already know. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse number 19, very familiar passage of scripture. And my God shall supply all your need. Now watch this. Our God will supply all our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? So the riches in glory is the source, which is God. But you can only access the riches in glory from the source by coming in the name of Jesus, who is the channel. See, we got a lot of people trying to get the source without the channel. And you can't get the riches of glory without getting the sun. <laughs> oh, 
You try to go some other way. You try to go through some other relationship. It won't work for you. You can only access what you need and all your needs being met by and through Christ Jesus. So the first strategy is in the name of Jesus. The second strategy is praise and thanksgiving. The second strategy is praise and thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. You don't do praise and thanksgiving based on feelings. You do it because of facts. You don't do thanksgiving and praise based on feelings. Too many people, please hear my heart in this, too many people show up at church on Sundays and they don't feel like praising. And because they don't feel like praising, they sit there with their arrogant selves like their stuff don't stink and just sit there, bless me if you can. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Ain't nobody afraid of you. Some of y'all looking at me like you want to try to do. I was getting my hands ready for prayer, praise God. (laughs) But listen to me, listen to me. See, you think, you think you need to feel like praising God in order to praise God. You don't praise God because you feel like it. You praise God because of who God is. Just the fact that you are sitting here alive this morning should make you praise God. That's a fact, Jack. The fact that you got breath in your lungs is a fact, so you should praise God for that. I didn't wake up feeling well this morning. Well, guess what, Jack? By his stripes, you are healed. That's a fact. So you should praise him for that fact. We make the praise team get up here and work and work and work, trying to make you feel better. And you trying to have a relationship with a God that is a spirit based on feelings. He wants you to have a relationship with him based on facts. The fact that I am your God and I am the only one you should serve, that's a fact that you should praise him. Are you with me? It's not based on feelings. Don't ever show up if you're a partner of IFWC or a friend. Don't ever show up here again wanting to feel like praising. No, Jack, the that I was able to get it in a car and make it here safely. That's a fact, and I'm going to give God praise. Are you with me? Watch this. Go to, go to Psalm 100. Go to Psalm 100. Let, let me tell you a beautiful fact that you should praise God. The fact that God never changes. He never changes. God is consistent. That's a reason for you and I to praise him. Well, Pastor, I don't know why God allowed this to happen to me. The fact that you qualified for it to happen to should make you praise God. Watch this. Here's the Bible, Psalm 100. Very familiar Psalm, verse 4. Enter into his gates. With thanksgiving, Lord Jesus, let me help. I wish I, boy, I wish I had a door right here. I wish I had a door. Isaiah, come here. Isaiah, come here. Rick, come here. Y'all going to be my door. Y'all going to be my door. Y'all stand face down. Here's the door. Here's the door. On the other side is the sanctuary. So just like you come through the doors down at the front, right? The greeters are there on the inside to greet you. Enter into gates with thanksgiving. Catch the drift. When you leave the parking lot and hit the door, the moment the door opened for you or you open the door yourself, you should become thankful in that moment. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving 
Now watch this. Ah, you come through the door with thanksgiving. Y'all became a new door. Y'all became a new door. Oh, that's all right. No, y'all can sit down. Y'all can sit down. Y'all turn around. Follow pastor. Turn around. Follow tap pastor. Turn around, I said. Follow pastor. Turn around. Follow pastor. Stand up if you have to. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You come in here with praise. Oh, you about to get upset with pastor. Stop coming in here talking. Stop coming in here talking about what happened yesterday. Stop coming in here talking about last week. Come into here with praise. Woo, God, I'm so glad I'm saved. Woo, Lord, I'm so glad I'm alive. Because it's in you I live and move and have all my existence. Stop coming in here to run your mouth. You come in here and you start running your mouth about everything other than something spiritual. You come in here with talk. I was out. I got so upset. I couldn't believe. Don't nobody want to hear that garbage? If that's what's in you, before you hit that door of thanksgiving, get that out. Father, I ask you to get this up out of me. Oh, let me just help you. Let me help you. Because this is the strategy to get your prayers answered. See, some of us think we can come before God any old nasty way. You can't come up into his courts and just want to start having conversations and talk about nothing that ain't building nobody up. It ain't causing them to grow in their relationship with God. It's not causing them to pursue or look for God. Now you done jacked up their spirit, and now they got to put more pressure on the praise team to help them get the junk out of their spirit that you put in there because you had to talk. So, Pastor, are you saying you don't want us talking in church? Well, if that's how the shoe fit, wear it. No, I'm not legalistic. But what I am telling you, you need to control your mindset and where your heart is when you come before God. Thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving and praise. Don't you dare put the work on the people up here leading you to be responsible to make you feel good. And ooh, woosah, woosah, woosah. Because I felt that way too strong. You grow in your maturity, and don't you be leaving a church talking about, they didn't make me feel anything. See, the fact that you would want to leave church saying that they didn't make you feel anything, listen, don't get mad at what I'm about to say. I'm just going to let you know what that what, that's a witchcraft spirit. <laughs> see, witches try to see how they can make you feel. <laughs> oh, let me, leave, let me read your palm so I can tell you how you feel. Make me feel good this morning. Make me feel good. Y'all better sing something. No, which get delivered. Come on. Come on. Ooh. I, 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 listen, 
All I want the body to do is mature. <laughs> listen to me. Listen, listen. I, I, I don't mean no disrespect, no harm to nobody. Are you hearing me? I have no disrespect or harm. I had to tell you on last week there's some changes in, on the worship t- set, worship team, blah, 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 blah. I had to tell you all that. Uh, just to inform you, uh, uh, keyboardist won't be back. Won't be back. But your pastor... Not going to let anybody do stuff that's not of God and then think they're going to be before people, man. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your gift is. I don't care how much money you're giving up in here. You are not going to function as a witch up in this house. And if you don't want to be delivered, then baby, peace be with you. Because you don't have to stay. And I am not going to start functioning in witchcraft to try to make you stay. Are you hearing me? So there has to be a new spirit and a new heart when we come to the house of God. Into his courts with thanksgiving. Into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Go, if you would, to Isaiah 60. Ooh, I'm so glad I had a little more time today, man. Is this all right with you? Isaiah 60. And I'm so grateful to God. He knows what he's doing, man. I didn't even have this plan like this, but the Holy Spirit set this up that I'm teaching this on prayer before we go into 21 days of prayer. <laughs> so that we're going to be effective in these 21 days. We're going to be effective. Isaiah 60, is that where I told you to go? Verse number 18. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your wall salvation and your gates praise. Did you hear that? Every gate that the Lord has, has the name praise written above it. Mm, mm, mm. When you go home, The door to your house is a gate, Lord Jesus. And over that gate is the word praise. I'm trying to help somebody's house now. Instead of you going home and going through the doors with complaining, why not reset your spirit and go through the door with praise? After you get in your house and you go into your room, your room has a door. Over the door of the room is praise. Don't you bring that junk up in this room. You better put a praise on it. Are you hearing me? Every gate It's praise. Kids, when you go to school, the door of the school is a gate. Just because they may not know how the gate should function doesn't change that it's a gate. Hear me, hear me, please hear me clearly. Because we don't always understand gateways and access, we miss stuff. And because it looks natural, we don't understand the spiritual things behind it. See, we think just because it's a school and it has the, it still have gates. So I have to approach the school with praise. I set up my own day. Are y'all hearing me? Every gate to access the presence of God has the name praise on it. Praise God for who he is. And what he has done. Why should you praise God? For who he is and what he has done. Praise God for who he is. Who is he to you? Praise him for that. What has he done for you? 
Praise him for that. Praise God for who he is and for what he has done. Are you hearing me? Next strategy, next strategy. You have to learn how to pray without condemnation. Pray. Mm-hmm. Pastor, what do you mean praying without condemnation? You cannot go into prayer with a sin conscience. Okay, y'all, y'all please stay with me. Don't, don't disengage. If you can't stay up, pay attention, let your spirit get this. Come on, let's be real honest. How many of you have gone to prayer and you have jacked up? You know, you've done some things wrong. You, you were out of order. You may have been in sin or whatever the case may have been. And then you go to a place of prayer and that condemnation is on you. And when you try to pray, it affects your prayer life. Come on, anybody? Can anybody be real with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to me. <laughs> We cannot approach God with condemnation on us. Ah! He is gracious unto us. (laughs) You and I have to make sure we know how to 1 John 1, 9 it. If you confess your sins. He is see, whoa, 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 whoa. Because we read scripture and then we don't listen to the scripture we read. He is faithful. Now watch this. You just spoke about his nature. His nature is faithful. So if he is faithful, watch this. And just. What is he faithful and just to do? To cleanse. So before I go into prayer, I found John 1, 9. (laughs) So that I can now, watch this, boldly come into his presence. Here's, Here's, I believe. I believe this is the approach of majority of church people. I don't want to disturb God before I come. So we come with this little sin and guilt consciousness on us. No, 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 no. Father, I'm so glad you're faithful and just to forgive me of all. Father, I have need of you. I come in boldly. I have need of you, Dad. Dad, I need you. Boldly come before the throne of grace. Don't be coming there scared and timid. He's going to get me. He's going to get me. If he was going to get you, he would have already got you. Just go, go ahead. Pinch yourself. Pinch yourself. Pinch yourself. Pinch yourself a little bit. Give yourself a little pinch. Pinch Say it after me. I'm still here. So if you're still here, go on boldly. Go on in there boldly. Have you messed up? Yep. Have you jacked up before? Yep. But I have a right to come before my father boldly. So I got to come without condemnation. Go to Psalm 66. Psalm 66. I did tell you I was going to take you through a journey in the word, didn't I? Because this is all in the word of God. Psalm 66, verse number 18. Are y'all making me work this hard or is it just a little warm? I'm working hard. That's all right. I'm here to work, praise God. I'm here to work. I'm here to work. Listen, I'm believing God for 100% of prayers being answered in 21 days. (laughs) Look, look, if it's a situation too big for you, <laughs> bring it to me. I, I'm, I can pray. I can believe God. I can believe God for the impossible. Isaiah 66, verse number 18. 
If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Please hear the word. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. So I don't have to come to God with sin consciousness because I messed up. I get cleaned up. I ask him for forgiveness. He says he remembered my sins no more as far as the east is from the west. And so now I can come before him boldly, anticipating and trusting and believing him. Not because of who I am, not because of what I am, but because of who Jesus is. Are you hearing me? I come to God with something that condemns me. He can't hear me. If I come to God with something that condemns me, he can't hear me. So I have to remove the sin, the sin consciousness. Watch this. Go to 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2. In verse number eight, I hope you're getting something so far out of this, guys. Verse, First Timothy two. And what what did I say? Verse eight. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Notice <laughs> and. That his desire for us is that we would come before him in prayer without doubting and without wrath, without this weight of condemnation, and lift up holy hands. Ah, I did something that dirtied my hands, God. Let me wash my hands so that I can lift up holy holy hands to you. Are you with me? Watch this. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. This is a strategy, guys. This is the strategy to getting your prayers answered. Hebrews 4. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Listen to the word now. Let us therefore come boldly. Do not come to the throne timidly. Let us come boldly before the throne. What kind of throne is it? It's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. He has allowed his grace and favor. Watch this. Not only is it a throne of grace, but when I come to the throne boldly, I can find mercy. I can find mercy at the throne. Why? Because the blood of Jesus was poured out on the mercy seat. So when I come before God, he's not looking at the mess that I am. He's looking at the blood of his son. So I can obtain mercy at the throne of grace. You and I can receive mercy. Do you understand that you get mercy instead of judgment? (laughs) Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. How many of you know God's been merciful? I said, how many of you know God's been merciful? He's been merciful that I might find mercy and find grace. Watch this. I find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. 
I showed up in need, Daddy. I activated the name of Jesus when I asked you. Now I need your mercy and your help and your grace. Chapter number 10, chapter number 10 of Hebrews, chapter 10 of Hebrews. Watch this. Verse number 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. So I can cover myself in the blood. Ah, the things that we do that are not right before God. You need to make sure you put it under the blood. <laughs> it's under the blood. The blood covers it. The blood covers it. The blood keeps it. He doesn't see what I did. He see the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but. Woo. Nothing but that blood. It's the blood. Ah, so you got to learn how, child of God, you got to learn how to apply the blood of Jesus over your heart. Apply the blood of Jesus over your heart before approach. Praise the Lord. Our time is clicking. We're almost there. Time is ticking. We're almost there. Our next strategy, our next strategy. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. The next strategy. He checks our, our motives. He checks the reason we're coming before him. Mm-hmm. He checks out the reason why you're coming. James 4, James 4, James 4. I'm not your slot machine father. I'm not your pimp daddy father. Why you coming? Before me, James 4, James 4, verse number 2. You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Oh, my, my, my. The Father has no time for your self-righteousness. The Father has no time for your self-centeredness. You don't receive possibly one because you don't ask, but then if you ask, you ask amiss. You don't even pray correctly. You don't pray right. You don't ask right because you're self-centered and you want to get the answers so you can glorify yourself. And we saw in scripture that he answers prayers so that he can be glorified. <laughs> Are you hearing me? So if God checks our motives, if he checks our motives, there are some things that you and I have to deal with like unforgiveness. Mm -mm -mm. Notice how quiet it just got in the house, boy. See, listen. The Bible says if we won't forgive, then he can't forgive us. If we won't forgive, then he can't forgive us. Listen, we're talking about the strategy. Let's just look at the strategy, strategy that Jesus gave his disciples. Matthew, Matthew 6, Matthew 6. After, after he did the uh, Beatitudes. <laughs> after he did the Beatitudes. After he had set them up. Talked to them about who they are. In Matthew 6, and, and just in verse number 9, watch this. The scripture says, in this manner, therefore pray. In this manner, therefore pray. In this manner, therefore pray. Now drop, drop down, if you would. Drop down to verse number 12. And forgive us our debts. 
as we forgive our debtors. Lord, the same measure that I use to forgive those who wronged me, use that same measure in forgiving me. <laughs> Hello? The same measure you use in forgiving others is the measure he used in forgiving you. When you totally forgive someone, well, Pastor, you don't understand how they wronged me. You don't understand. Listen, I know, I know, I know, I hear you. I know they wronged you to the 10th degree. They wronged you. But you got to forgive. Because if you don't forgive them, you're not hurting them, you're hurting you. Because when you choose not to forgive, God has no choice in forgiving you. Are you hearing me? See, unforgiveness is real serious business in your prayer life. When you don't forgive people, your prayers are blocked. They're blocked. So he tells us that we have to release people. We have to release them. Don't just forgive them. Release them from what it is they did. Forgive and release. Tell your neighbor, forgive and release. You have to forgive and release. The next strategy, the next strategy, the next strategy is right relationship with others. Right relationship with others. And this is where the forgiveness is connected. Right relationship with others. So important that we realize this and that we understand this. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision. I don't feel like I can forgive them. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision. You make a decision to forgive. Watch this. You don't forgive people based on if they deserve it or not. You forgive people because you need forgiveness. Amen. Glory to God. See, y'all don't say nothing. I told y'all, I keep the baby church. <laughs> they love their pastor. They talk back to him. Y'all sit there and look at me rough sometimes. <laughs> so, so we have to understand this portion about forgiveness. Forgiveness is never for the other person. The forgiveness is for me. Everybody look up real quick. Look up real quick. You might be writing. You might be texting something on, in your notes. Just look up real quick. If you've never heard pastor say this before, please hear it today. There is nobody on the planet worth your relationship with God. There is nobody on the planet worth your relationship with God. Why would I withhold forgiveness from you when me not forgiving you jacks up my relationship with God? I've made you too valuable in my world that I would allow you to have that much authority over my life that now my relationship with God's a mess. There's nobody on the planet worth your relationship with God. Forgiveness is not an emotional thing. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to feel anything if I do it because I don't mean it. It ain't about how you feel. It's a decision. It's a decision. Go to Mark 11 real quick. Mark 11. We in Matthew. Make a right turn until you get to 11. Verse, verse 25, Mark 11 and 25. And whenever you stand praying, 
Something else I want you guys to notice about prayer. You don't always have to kneel to pray. You don't always have to be pointed in the right direction to pray. You don't have to. It's not required. You just need to pray. By the way, prayer is always vocalized. Yep, yep. See how y'all got real quiet and just looking at me? There's no such thing as silent prayer. Find it in Scripture. Find it in Scripture. You won't find nowhere in Scripture that there is silent prayer. Well, I be praying in my head, so, mm-mm. Mm-mm. That ain't prayer. In Matthew 11 and 25, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Did you hear me? They're not worth your relationship with God. Forgive them and release them. Go to 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3. I just got two more, two more scriptures to give you, and we're going we gonna to be out. We're going home. Can, can you bear it? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> First Peter 3, verse 7. Watch this. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Man of God, it is important for you to know how to function with your wife. Because your prayers can be jacked up when you don't know how to. You can't even get a prayer through. Because she frustrated you and made you mad. And now you function and operating in your frustration. Instead of extending the same grace that's been extended to you. Well, there was no amens right there, boy. Praise God. Woo-hoo. Singles didn't even say nothing then, boy. The, yeah, I mean, everybody just went quiet. Final, final strategy. This is our last strategy. Last strategy. It must be Holy Spirit directed. It must be Holy Spirit directed. Holy Spirit. Spirit directed. Go to Romans 8. Oh, God. (laughs) If you don't have a vital relationship with the Holy Spirit, then you could get challenged in this area of being directed by the Spirit. In in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 14, Romans 8 and 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, that, the wording there is continuing present tense in the Greek. It's continuing pre- present tense, which simply means that you have to be regularly led by the Spirit, always being led by the Spirit. So those that are always being led by the Spirit, those are the sons of God. Not just the person who was led one time, the person who continuously is led by the Spirit of God. Those are the sons of God. Now look down at verse number 26. Last scripture I'll have you look at, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows 
what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Ah, if I was going to give you one more strategy, one more strategy for answer prayer is praying the will of God. You got it? Praying the will of God. That's the last strategy after being led by the Spirit. Watch this. Because the will of God and the word of God is one and the same. So the devil never wants you to enjoy reading your Bible so you won't know God's will. And he keeps people out of the word of God so then when they get ready to pray, they don't know how to pray according to his will. So then instead of having prayer strategies based on the word, they got prayer strategies based on their mind. We have to become strategic in learning how to pray the word because it's the word that works. It's the word that delivers the answers. There's enough power in God's word for the word to come to pass when you release it. Are you hearing me? So it's so important that we understand. Watch this. The Bible says that there are times in my prayer life that I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to pray. Here's where people sometimes miss it in life. You don't know what to pray. And so you are limited in your known language. And so all you can do is what you know to pray according to your language you understand in your head. But the, God is a spirit, and so the times that I don't know what to pray, then I have to learn how to pray in the spirit. I can only pray in the spirit if I've been baptized by the spirit. I can only be baptized by the spirit if I ask the Lord Jesus to fill me with your spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. When I speak in unknown tongues, listen to the scripture. This Bible says the spirit himself comes in agreement and in alignment and he takes over my spirit and he now starts making intercession through me. I don't even think y'all just heard what I said. No longer are you praying. The spirit on the inside of you is praying using your spirit. And that's why the Bible says there are times we don't know what we ought to pray. You get a call early in the morning with an emergency. You don't know exactly what to pray. You just know you need to pray. Well, the spirit himself knows what needs to be done. So I can pray in the spirit and release the Holy Spirit to cover what it is I don't know I need to be praying. Are you with me? Uh, so not only do I not know what to pray, sometimes I don't even know how to pray. So when I don't know how to pray, it's the Holy Spirit himself who helps me to pray. So when I choose to pray in the spirit, we're not just doing that just to be fancy with our tongue. We ain't trying to impress people. We're trying to glorify the Father. If God needs me to pray on behalf of somebody in China that I've never met, I don't speak Chinese, but God wakes me up in the morning and tells me to pray for them, how do you think I'm supposed to get that done? I don't know Chinese. I don't know Chinese. No, I don't know Chinese. Oh, but I sure can cover them in the spirit if I begin to pray utterances in the spirit because the Holy Spirit himself, who is the same God, he is the one that's with them in China as the one that's with me here in America. So when I begin to pray by the spirit, he can answer the prayer that they need answered in China Amen. without me even knowing. Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid to be filled with the Spirit by speaking in other tongues 
so that your spirit can pray perfect prayers. Did you hear what I just said? You can pray perfect prayers when you pray in the spirit. Then you don't have to wonder, am I praying the will of God? I can pray the will of God by the spirit of God. And I can know that I'm praying the word of God. Hear me, hear me. We're going home, stand on your feet. Hear me. If I do not know the word, then I won't know his will. Okay, okay. Let me see if, let me see if I can make this common terms for us, common language. All of us have a right, all of us that are children of God, we have a right to the inheritance that's been left. In <laughs> watch this, watch this, watch this. Stay with me. We're going home. We're going home. You're going to leave on this note. This is good. Whenever there's an inheritance, there has to be a reading of the will. Whenever the estate plan has been set up, there's got to be a reading of the will so we know what belongs to who. In order for a will to be activated, there must be a death. So there was a death. Jesus died. I said Jesus died. He died so that the will could be activated for us. <laughs> Watch this. He was so concerned. If we would take advantage of what he left us in his will that he said, I'm going to get up from the dead so that I can watch over the will. The Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. So he died so that the will would be activated. It's a New Testament. A New Testament is a will. And if you don't know you're in the will, child of God, the devil tries to block you from reading the will because he knows your answers are here. And if you never crack open the will, wow, all this for me? Wow. How come they didn't tell me long ago to read the will? I'm a pastor, and I want you to listen to me. But don't you ever base your hearing on just what I say. You base it on what's the will for me. Make it personal. Make it personal. A loved one died so that we could have this will. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Thank you, sir. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you chose to give up your life so that we could now have a responsibility to know the will of God for our lives. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that written in your word is your will. I thank you, Lord God, that it is a testament to my life. And Lord God, I thank you, Father, that everything that we have need of, every answer that we need in prayer, Lord God, you have already, Lord God, decided what you're going to do, and you know exactly how you're going to get it done. I don't have to know, Lord God. All I have to do is believe. Trust your nature. And I can receive what it is that I ask for. 
Because when I pray, I pray according to your word. Therefore, I know your will. I don't have to use words like, if it be thou will. I don't have to ask, if it be thou will. Oh, it sounds so spiritual. But it's not the word. I can know the will by knowing the word. Because him and his word are one. So his will and his word are the same.